listening to She's a Powerhouse. My name is Holly Calloway, and I'm here to share with you some stories of ordinary women who have done some extraordinary things in hopes that you'll get comfortable being uncomfortable, be okay with pushing your boundaries, and do some extraordinary things yourself. Welcome to another episode of She's a Powerhouse. Today I have with me Brianna Plyler, um, who owns with her husband Odin Construction here in the upstate, as well as a new endeavor, a little, um, a little, it's huge, Uh, a community called The House the ADHD Built. Um, She is, holds this very like beautiful, special place in my heart because Brie is one of the reasons that I figured out that I am a business owner with ADHD, um, which has pulled so many things into this bizarre focus that I didn't know could exist because I understood that my brain does not work the way that a neurotypical brain works, Um, which is part of the reason I believe that so many of us are entrepreneurs and why the crossover between ADHD and entrepreneur is such a thing um, because our brains just work differently. So working for other humans is a pain in the ass. Um, But also like I just, I owe her so much for like helping pull my brain around to what I can do differently um, as somebody whose brain doesn't work the way that it's supposed to work. However, I do really want to start with Odin because I know that's kind of given you the freedom, um, to do some of these other things. So welcome, first of all, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for and having I was just, me. Absolutely. I was just saying beforehand, it's so much fun to have somebody I actually know and like have Brie and I sit down, sat downstairs in this exact building and did like a work beside like a week ago. Um, so this is, it's fun to have somebody on here that I actually know. Um, so tell me about when you and your husband were like, forget working for other humans. We're going to do this thing on our own. Is it, I, I will try really hard to be brief. So I have attempted and started several businesses along the way leading up to Odin, including MLM, bless my heart. Um, I started a wedding planning business at one point. Uh, I was an independent life insurance agent. I did all the things, you know, all the normal things for those of us who are like, I know I have it in me, but I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that my um, aspiration was to be a business owner. So in 2012, maybe 2011, Braxton, shortly after college, Braxton was working for a heavy industrial contractor and he was deciding to come home and he said, I want to start my own business. And I was like, Nope, that's terrifying. It's too risky. We can't do that. Like, we need our solid income, all the things. And we split up for a year. And during that year, he started his first business. And it was a property preservation business maintaining foreclosed homes. Because I wasn't there to tell him how scary it was. And so when we got back together, that was kind of already rolling. Um, And he had a couple of partners. And as I started seeing what was happening and getting more involved, he and I started feeding off of one another. And we pretty quickly learned that we work really well together as a team and we have some really big ideas. So in 2016, we, our shares in quotation of that business because it was very, very small. Um, and we decided to start Odin. And basically what it came down to was one, he and I were not doing all the work, but we had a very different vision than the partners. And we just wanted it to be us. And we, I'll never forget driving down Highway 101 and I had a pen and paper out and we decided to like, okay, let's talk about this. And the first name that we came up with was Act Now Construction because we were trying to convince ourselves that we had this idea, we just need to do it. Like we can't think about it anymore, we just need to take action. And so it just took a few weeks of us just saying like, okay, we're going to do it and if we don't do it now, we're not going to do it at all. So in December of 2016, Odin Construction was born we really had no freaking clue what we were doing other than the two of us were going to do it together. And we wanted to build a luxury residential construction brand. 
That was as far as we knew at that very moment. So we recruited a friend of ours, little sister, who just graduated from Clemson to design a logo for us. Still don't have a real website five years later, and we've never spent a penny on marketing, but we worked really hard to be who we say we are and do what we say we're going to do and be honest and transparent. And so far, that has served us really well. That's amazing. And so what have you grown into in this five years? Um, We are niching down hard this year. So we pride ourselves on obviously quality craftsmanship and consistent communication, which is a huge gap in the industry. But our specialty is luxury outdoor spaces. So pool houses, cabanas, um, heavy timber, pergolas. We try to not touch projects at this point that are less than fifty or $60,000, which was scary to make the jump. I mean, that's not a huge project for builders. We also build homes. So we build semi-custom and custom homes, but that doesn't feel quite as passionate to us. So if we say who we are, we are a luxury outdoor builder. Um, And so that doesn't, that might not be a huge number, but to make the shift to say like, this is who we are. We're not going to touch anything smaller than this was really hard for us to start turning down work and referring out and say, okay, we're not going to take interior jobs anymore. We're going to get really specific and really clear about who we are as Odin Construction. So we are a residential builder that specializes in luxury outdoor spaces. That's badass. And I love that you niche down, niche down, whatever. Yeah, um, I love niches that. get riches. Niches make rich bitches. And then when you say niches and it turns into niches make rich beaches, I giggle every yes. time. It's like that terrible dad joke that like still makes you every fucking time. Yeah, niches make rich beaches make me giggle. It's always funny. Um, and I love that for you guys. And so you've really gotten to a place now where you're like kind of stepping back from, I know, know you've had subcontractors for ages, but you're really looking at how do we turn some of this stuff into like procedures so that we can work on other things that were also multi, like multi-passionate entrepreneurs is a super common thing. So like now where are you headed so that you can step back and do these other things that you love? Yeah, you nailed it. Procedures. We're trying to get some systems in place. We have, I mean, you know how it goes. When you're an entrepreneur, you do the job of 74 different people. And, and in construction, we are extremely fortunate that our strengths and weaknesses complement one another. So we each only have to do the job of 37 and a half people, which right. is great. Yeah. yeah, so not so bad. Um, but we're just working really hard because what's, what's important for us is that when we begin to hire employees, that we actually have something to turn over to them, right? So we don't want to just hire somebody to say, uh, help us. And they'll say, that's great. We're happy to help you. How? I don't want to look at them and say, I, I don't know. So we're working really hard right now to develop some systems to get into place and know exactly what needs to be done. Working really hard on the division of labor, identifying who's, who's responsible for what, because that's gotten kind of muddy over the past year. We experienced a huge amount of growth over the past 18 months, two years, which is an incredible blessing, but also it's extremely challenging. The growing pains that come along with that can be really tough to overcome but every time we've experienced that and I know that you know what it feels like we now know that when we're feeling that pain that growth is coming right mm. and gosh that makes it so much easier to handle because for so long you feel that pain and you just feel like you're just going to collapse under the pressure like there's like this is it this is the end right and somehow in the past we were able to push through that not knowing what's coming mm. but now we know like every single and sometimes we have to remind each other but every time we feel that just oh, truly overwhelming pain, there's just no other way to describe it. It's excruciating. Yeah. Yeah. But now we know like, oh, God, OK, this really, really sucks. But every time we've gone through this, we come out stronger and better and on the next level. 
So that's exactly where we are right now. We're just like pushing through this really, really hard stuff. Which I love. Somebody asked me the other day, they were like, hey, when somebody, like somebody new in business, if they were to ask for one piece of advice, it's one piece of advice you'd give them. And this is the piece of advice I've given for ages. It's never changed. I don't foresee it ever changing. Just keep fucking going. That's it. Just keep going. Because, and it's kind of funny because uh, at the beginning of the year, was at the beginning of the year, Carrie sent me a bracelet that was that in Morse code. Keep fucking going. And I, I love it. I love it, right? And also a, a sweet little card with a Wonder Woman on the front, which I absolutely adore. She is the Precious. best gift, gift giver. I just, I love her to death. Um, but, and it was funny. And I was like, that's crazy because it's like, that is the phrase. Because when you don't have the pattern yet, when you don't mm. understand the pattern yet, you're going to hit that first moment of, oh my God, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. I can't get through this. Uh, there's no way we're swimming up from the bottom of this. I'm so far underwater. This is so overwhelming. I can't do it. If I could look at every new business owner in that first six months, nine months, 12 months, whenever you hit that, right? Like it's different for everybody. And And, yeah. And for some people it's that it's hard to get going, right? Mm -hmm. It's so hard to bootstrap this. The margins are too tight. The, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't afford to hire out. I'm out of time. I'm working 80 hours a week, blah, blah, blah. Some people, I was just talking to Jazz Rosales, who was like in month one, I had clients and it was easy. And I was talking to you and you're like, we've never paid for marketing. It was easy, whatever. So for some people, that moment, Mm -hmm. that crushing, overwhelming feeling doesn't come till later when it's a growth period and you're like, shit, we never got stuff in order. It's not organized. There's no solid foundation to be building this on. We're just running and hoping that everything works. And you hit that moment and you're like, we should just throw in the towel. We can't do this. And all like, I wish I could tattoo on people's brains. Cause I know that's when people give up. I know Every that's time. why entrepreneurs don't make it past a year. I know that's why businesses quit within the first 18 months. And it's because you hit that and you think you can't get through it. So it's the people who have the tenacity to say, fuck that. We are not stopping. Those people are the ones who make it. And I want every small business owner to hear that, that you are going to hit that point. If you don't know the pattern yet, it's because you are right on the other side. On the other side of that swell is the flow and the flow is beautiful. Like I being in the ocean, it was a few weeks ago, we went to Charleston and I, Allie had stuff that she, she was doing a wedding makeup or whatever. It was taking a couple hours and I didn't have anything to do, but go get in the ocean. And so standing in the waves, I like, I, I'm going to sound like a crazy poet, right. But just crying, yeah. just standing there. Like, this is it. This is the feeling of literally yes. that, that wave hits and it hits, over and, it and, hits. Over and, over. and on the other side of that, on the other side of that, that swell is always this beautiful flow. And you know, what's fun is that at some point the waves start going out and you get pulled out. You don't have to withstand the hit anymore. It's literally the whole world conspiring to pull you out the direction that you were meant to be. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing that I cry just like happy tears of recognizing like this is that, this is that feeling There's something about connecting with earth that way. It was so beautiful. But, um, so as you guys were getting started and, and as you're moving through, like what have been some of those like big, like success moments where you're like, damn, we're, we're doing it. And like, this is making me a better human. What have those been? There's been, first of all, to to go back to your wave analogy, because it is so beautiful. It is, is so illustrative because when you're standing in the ocean you get slammed by a wave the salt water goes up your nose and it burns and then you get a second to breathe and then it it hits you again it just happens over and over again it's just a perfect illustration Um, but it's fine i swear um to answer your question though there have been some i think financial moments so i remember the first time that our business account had five thousand dollars in it and we took a picture and the first time it had ten thousand dollars in it and we took a picture and then as that grew and grew and we're like shit like there's 
there's really something here. We have to learn how to manage it, like you said. So those were really big moments and really powerful. And it comes back to what you and I have talked about again and again, gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. Every tiny, small success, be grateful for it. Um, But I think another big moment for me is when I was able to leave my full-time job. And it wasn't because my income was replaced. Don't get me wrong. Like, it wasn't like, okay, we have the money to do this. It was when we had the confidence to say, we we are going to be able to do this. That was huge. Mm -hmm. Because in that moment, we took a leap of faith. And when we did it, everything changed, right? So when you see just enough to give you a glimpse that, okay, there's more, there, there is going to be more, we, we can keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Those have been the really powerful moments for me. And throughout that too, there have been a couple of times where, you know, we were publishing a magazine, like a work that Braxton did, or the first house that he designed from the beginning, and then he built it, and then we sold it. You know, that was huge for him. And when he finally was like, all right, I want to see what you can do with, with social media. And then we exploded just by telling our story. Right. And he was like, wow, like this is your, your zone of genius. Right. So see, feeding off of one another and stepping into our zone of genius and being really confident in that and trusting ourselves. Each time that happens in the tiniest amount has been like we've climbed the mountain. Right. Like for that tiny moment, it's like we've made it. And then we fall down in the mountain again, like all the way literally to the bottom. And we have to start the hike again. Yeah. But you know how this time, that's the kicker. Now we know the path. Yeah. And you know that you can. There's so much to just knowing Mm -hmm. that you can, right? That's such, that's such an awesome thing. And so now that you're, okay, so now that we're in this place where Odin's doing great and you guys can start sort of doing some of these procedures and bringing people on, you started, it feels like on a whim, although I don't know the full story. Totally on a whim totally on a whim, the house that ADHD built. Um, I feel like during COVID, especially with the explosion of TikTok, millennials using TikTok, um, people sharing their story and their experience with being a neurodivergent and recognizing that I feel like it's half the population. Maybe it's just because it's in my bubble, right? Like, because it's the place. It's also why I feel like everybody's probably a leftist and like a feminist of some kind, because it's the bubble (laughs) I live in. Anytime somebody's not a feminist and they're like, is there really a problem? I'm like, what bubble do you live in? I thought everybody thought anyway, do you exist? Um, so maybe it's not half the population, but I do feel like so many people struggle with this sort of, and I know there's a, there's a lot of neurodivergencies that are ADHD. However, ADHD is that super common one within our realm anyway. Um, the house that ADHD built, like, there are all these women all of a sudden who are going, shit, that's how my brain works. And mm. I thought it was broken. And we're going, it's not broken. No, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Right. So how did, how did you decide this is the path I want to go down? Because now you're certified as a coach even yep. in this, right? Like yep. you took it, so like I you took it to the next launched, level. Yeah. I officially launched another business, uh, three weeks ago. Nice. Um, LLC, the logo is almost finished. So, the House of ADHD Build is interesting because for a couple of years now, I've had this um, pull to have some type of business on social media. I won't go as far as to say like, oh, I wanted to be an influencer, but kind of I wanted to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. No idea what that looked like. I am 0% fashion forward. I do not know anything about hair or makeup or any, or, or for that matter, like DIY, even though I own a construction company, like I pay people to do stuff in my house. So I did not fit the bill of any of the the women on social media who were doing the thing that I felt like I was supposed to be doing. And so first, a couple of years ago, I started a gratitude accountability group on Facebook called the, uh, no, not now, 
uh, called Gratitude Today. I forgot what mm-hmm. it was called. Um, and that did fine. I had like 700 members on Facebook. I tried it on Instagram. Total flop. Like 50 people followed. And so I was like, all right, well, don't know what to do with that. And then when I was diagnosed with ADHD, I started thinking like, I started looking for, like you said, on TikTok, on Instagram, where can I find an example? Because to me, it's really important to have that like exposure example. Show me it can be done, right? I don't need to know how, just that it can. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking on Instagram and I found some really badass meme accounts about ADHD and those were fun. They make me laugh. And I found some cool therapist accounts, but I could not find an account of women specifically or women entrepreneurs or just a woman in general, a human in general, who says like, here are my struggles with my brain. Here are the things that I face on a daily basis, but I'm still successful, happy, healthy, and whole, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked and looked and looked, and I couldn't find that. They might have existed, but they, they didn't talk about ADHD and how it showed up for them. So I was like, well, let's uh, put it out there and see what happens. I did not tell a single human in my life besides Braxton, my husband, because I wanted to make sure that it was my true voice and not me masking or pretending to be someone else. So I started truly from zero followers. And didn't tell anybody in my entire life. And I was like, all right, let's see what I can learn about Instagram. And then here we are a year later at 11.4K, I like to say. This is crazy. Um, And just trying to figure out what the hell to do next. Yeah. Yeah. And when you launched coaching, like enough people have been watching for a long enough time. Yeah. Right? That they were just chomping at the bit. And I thought that was so phenomenal how quickly. Yeah. Like you've garnered trust. Yeah. It's a perfect right, like, example of what um, a true relationship should be and how marketing can be genuine and authentic and a sales funnel can be real and not psychologically manipulative, right? Right. Right. And I think that we play with that line often because to be good at sales, you have to understand them, right? Like you right. have to understand the psychology behind what you're doing. Yep. And once you understand it, it's really easy to be manipulative and yeah. I'll have, I'll have, um, this was, I love this is not a rabbit hole. I was planning on going down whatsoever, but I'm so glad that you brought it up because yes, magnetic authenticity is a thing mm. like, that is absolutely mm-hmm. something, um, that we need to be talking about on a, on a very regular basis. But one of my business partners will argue with me that everything we do is manipulation. Mm. You're just manipulating people into thinking one thing or another, even if you're mm-hmm. being authentic, you understand who you're connecting with by being who you are, because you're going to find other people like you who resonate with you. And that in and of itself is mirroring. And it's, that's some version of manipulation. And I think there's something to be said about like what intention is behind the way that you're doing something. And we mm-hmm. just, I just finished up a Facebook live in the, in the free group today about putting down the mask, like putting yeah. down the mm-hmm. lie of, and I feel like the, if the intention is to manipulate somebody into something they don't need or don't want, or, um, that isn't the best thing for them. Like that's, that's a completely different story than I need you to see me and what I am for real and what I'm offering for real and what I really stand for and what I really care about and what I'm really passionate about. And if you want this thing, great. And if not, we're not a good fit. And that's not, I don't feel like that's, (laughs) I don't feel like that's manipulation, but we do need to know we do need to understand what the sales process looks like. And once you know, it's so hard, once you know, it's so hard to think like to constantly be on yourself about, am I still being genuine? Because I know what I could say in this moment to make this person think they need this. I know I have that. I have that power and it's not harnessing that power, right? It's going, okay, stay, stay true. Right. And like, just sell this for what it is which is not even really selling at the end of the day. 
Absolutely. What I, I think I've learned, and like I said, my entire background was in sales. Um, it just said the thing. Sorry. My entire background is in sales. And so I've learned all these sales tactics and techniques. But what I've really learned is that just what you're saying, like if I am honest and genuine and authentic and transparent, this is in Odin or the house ADHD built or in current coaching, like in any of the things, if I just tell my story and I am real about who I am in all capacities, there's no selling. It's just about building trust and letting people know what you offer. The end. And eventually the right people will find you and the people already know what they need and they'll come to you and say like, you are what I need. And sometimes, I mean, already with current, I've said, I don't think that we're a good fit. And I've had somebody say to me like, thank you for telling me that, but I disagree and I would like to give you my money. And so at that point, like I offered a strategy session and he was like, let me at least pay you for this session. And then at the end you can make a recommendation. So we did that. And at the end, I was like, I am not the right coach for you. Please go see this other person. And they did. And yesterday I got an email like, thank you so much. Like, I'm moving forward with Andy. He was the right coach for me. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I told you that. But it's it's that just realness that will keep people coming back and the right people will find you. And that patience is really freaking hard. It's hard. Yeah. But, but it will it'll serve you 100 times over in my experience. But- and it's, it's the building up of that momentum in the right way. Like, um, we had a coaching client yesterday who was saying like, do I need to earn my way to bigger comp? She really wants to work with C-suite corporations. Truly. She said, do I need to build my way up with small businesses? I was like, first of all, that is not like a gateway drug. Like right. small business does not get you to corporations. They're no. two separate things. So completely. Different. It's so different. But secondly, do not start selling to somebody that you don't want to have as a client. Don't sell to people who are asking you for a discount from day one because you need to like prove your worth, Mm -hmm. right? Like stop trying to earn your way in. Nobody needs you to like earn your stripes. Stop it. Sell to the people that you want to sell to always because those people are going to bring other people like them. So if you start with people that you don't want to work with, you're going to have more people that you don't want to work with and it's never going to lead to the right people just start where you want to start. And it's such a mindset mindset thing. This keeps coming up this mindset because it's such a huge jump to go. I am worthy of charging what I believe I'm worth and somebody will pay it. Even if I don't have the portfolio, right? Right. We're all in this place where I need all of this proof and I need this and I'm going to charge less and stop it. Mm -hmm. You are good at what you do. Sell it for what it's worth from day one. screw this, like charging 25% of what you want to, and then work, stop it. It's just a waste of time and energy. And like, unless you're, I don't, I can't even think of a profession where I would be like, do it cheaper to begin photography. Maybe if you just picked up a point and shoot yesterday, but if you like have an eye for composition and lighting, just try to charge. Somebody's going to love it and buy it. It's dumb. Anyway. So yes, I love that. That's, I love that. That was a rabbit hole that you went down. So Tell me about, tell the people who, not even me, tell listeners, especially about what it, what the difference is. Like we come from hustle and grind culture, mm-hmm. right? Like we live in, have the discipline up at four 30 in the morning, four hour work week. It's all dudes also. Like, can we have a woman mm-hmm. tell us some shit? Like I'm so, I'm so over Jordan Belfort and Gary Vee and, and yeah. Jordan, yeah, all of the cool. J names, like whatever. But the, it's all like super strict, do the thing, ADHD brains, man. Like if you tell me there's a rule, fuck your rule. 
immediately, immediately my brain is like, guess who's not getting up at four 30 because you told me I should like that. That was the only way. So now I'm not doing it. Tell me about like, how, how did you figure out what was going on and how do you use that? How do you utilize what you know about how your brain works to keep your businesses running? Oh man. Um, I'm, that is constantly changing and evolving because if you know anything about ADHD, there are no systems that are going to work for us long-term over and over again. I hear people say like, I need to be more consistent. I need to be more consistent. Well, newsflash, we're not going to be consistent ever. It's not going to happen. It's just not in our brain. Now me saying that might challenge you or some other ADHD person to be like, well, all right, hold my beer. Right. (laughs) You'll do it for a while, but but then it's going to fall apart. So what I've learned is, just being able to like the name of my coaching business is current ADHD. And it's because we have to learn how to go with the flow, right? If I have a whiteboard Kanban system, like the care, like sees, and that works really well for me for six weeks. That is awesome. At the end of that six weeks, if I wake up, if I look up one day and I'm like, shit, I'm not using this board anymore. It's faded into the background. Historically, I might've said, Oh God, like this system works so well and now it's not working. So there's something wrong with me. I have to change me. Oh, fuck that. Change the system, right? Like now I know that when my brain gets bored with something, it's not going to do that something anymore. So instead of trying to fight against it and walking against the current right now, I'm just going to turn around and be like, all right, what's the next system? Or maybe I'll pull one up from six months ago that I'd forgotten about. There's a word that we use in coaching, re-sparkleize it in ADHD coaching. You know, what can we do to make it novel again? Because our brains work off of novelty. That's just how our brains work. So we, we don't like the familiar and the comfortable. We like the new and exciting. We like to manage crisis. So how can you, um, uh, I'm losing words right now. Almost Replicate. like how can you trick yourself into how, believing yeah. that everything's a crisis? That, like panic. Like how can we make our brains work that way without actually being in the middle of panic? Because using panic as a strategy, it's a thing that we do, but it's not a healthy thing that we do. So trying to, like you said, trick your brain into believing that we're in panic mode. That's a more effective way. But the, the biggest key is I've always said, it's like once I was diagnosed, it's like I learned the right key to start my car. And it doesn't mean that we don't have to work hard. There, there is a time when the pendulum swung too far the other direction. And I was a little too kind to myself. I'm like, oh, I need to allow myself to rest. So I am just going to sit on the couch for the next four days. It's okay. I'd say there were probably three months after my diagnosis as I was kind of like riding those waves where I just went too far the other direction of just letting my my brain completely lead the way, I still have to direct it, right? I still have right. to stay disciplined. I hate that word. It's so triggering. Yep. Um, but I'm getting, I'm getting over that because it still has to exist. There still has to be some structure. It just might look different. Our structure just might be like this. Right. It's not rigid right? structure. Yeah. It's not square. It's not whatever. I used to like... I used to joke about making the list was, or making the schedule or making the planner was the therapy. It's not about using it, it's about creating it, right? Like if I can organize my thoughts well enough to create a list, then I know it's in my brain and I know how to, like what to do with it, right? As opposed to like feeling like you have to, and then I would print a hundred of them and I'd use four and be mad at myself. Uh. (laughs) But it wasn't about, it wasn't about creating the planner. It wasn't about creating the checklist. It was about- the creation, not the actual usage of the thing. And I think it's crazy. And this was like, this was huge in me recognizing the, the ADHD parts of my brain. When I was younger and I was applying for jobs on the application, I would always say I work best under, under managed pressure. chaos. Yeah. Under uh-huh. pressure. 
if like I was, I still am, I've picked up a couple of, um, waitressing shifts for my brain has shit to do with needing money. Don't care. They keep most of it. We do tip sharing. I don't even get any, right? Like I'm like, pay the bus boy. He worked harder than I did tonight, but my brain having to remember orders for seven tables and who, where they're at in the process. And if they've ordered and what they ordered, who needs drinks, who needs something from the bar? Do I need to grab something from the kitchen and take it to the bar? Like all of those things make my brain so happy. Will I stay there more than like eight weeks? Probably not. Cause the novelty will wear off. Uh-huh. Right. But I remember writing that shit on job applications and as an adult going, that's cause that's how my brain works. Yeah. And it's not broken. It's not nope. broken. That's the way, like, it's just the way it works. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. And so I love that, that flow and giving yourself so much grace. Yeah. So much grace and saying, it's okay that that thing didn't work. It's okay that the Kanban board or the Kanban board is dusty. It's okay that I still yeah. have, you know, massive, uh, poster boards hung places that I wrote shit on and never looked at again. It's okay that I was so excited to get two four by eight foot whiteboards yes. and had the same thing written on them since I bought them six months <laughs> yeah. ago. It's okay. Like all of those things are fine. And yet still somehow am running a multimillion dollar company. It's okay. It all yep. works. And it's not cause it's not square structure. It's this, it's this yep. flowy, wavy current is exactly right. It's exactly right. And I love that. So how can people find you on social media if they're interested in more of the information on the ADHD coaching and the community and all of those things? Yep. But probably the easiest path is just the house, the ADHD built. There's a link to um, current ADHD coaching there um, and Odin construction. So we're Odin builds current ADHD coaching and the house of ADHD built, but um, going to the house as I like to call it. <laughs> Um, and that's on Instagram route. primarily, yeah? Instagram, yeah. It's on Facebook, but it's not really on Facebook yet. Um, so it's it's all coming. But yes, Instagram is, is where you can see me most right now. Beautiful. And with all 11,000 followers. Not I know. Badass. It's a lot of people, isn't it? It's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. And in the world of marketing, like, it's gold. It's Absolute gold. And I love it. it. And I just don't think about it. <laughs> one, one tip, if I could share before we go like from an Instagram or whatever standpoint, something that someone shared with me really early on was no matter how tiny your followers or your story watchers or whatever your blog hits are, if you think about it about real humans, right, you've got 12 people watching your Instagram stories. When we spend all our time looking at people with 100,000 or a million followers, you're like, oh, only 12. What would you say if those 12 people are in front of you? If you had the captive attention of 12 people standing in the room. So now if I feel like, oh, my story views are down or my followers are down, what if you think about it in terms of like, what if I had seven people standing in front of me? Mm. Wow. Like that's powerful, right? So if you're struggling with that, that's just such an imagery that was so helpful for me early on. I love that. And I'm going to pair it with one that is really similar to what somebody told me at one point when, first of all, it feels like such a crazy thing to be like, I would like to be an influencer mostly because I hate that word. But I at know. some point I was like, it's just a word. Right. Yeah. But like, I would, I wanted to be Tom Bilyeu and like, we're damn close. Like this is it. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But like I, I have important things that I feel like it's not necessarily that I find them important. It's that people tell me that it makes a difference in their lives. And that's why I want more people to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. So in that, in that, when I was, I, I'd said very sheepishly at some meeting, like, yeah, influencer would be cool. Somebody was like, if you have a person giving a shit about Mm -hmm. what you say, not just listening, but caring, you have influence over somebody. So if you really want to break down that word, right? Like if somebody is paying attention to what you're saying, you have influence 
over somebody else, automatically influencer. And then from there, it's just a matter of how many. And you're like, yep. cool. So exactly like what you were saying, like it doesn't matter if it's 10. I, we did a Facebook live 3000, a group of 3000. We had like five people watching live. I did it for those five and I did those it for the 30 like that'll come five. back and watch it later. Yeah. But the right? impact but like, that your work yeah. will have on those five people. Wow. And then it'll live forever because it's Facebook. So you can scroll back and see like, if you really wanted to, you could scroll back and see some of the first videos I did. I'm sure they're hideous, uh, but they exist, right? So yeah. like it lives for forever um, and they're all tagged and you can go back and watch really old stuff. But yeah, if you've, if you've got anybody listening at all, like you have an influence over somebody and if that's what yep. you're attempting to do because it, it helps people. You're changing lives, yeah. And I absolutely love it. Bree, thank you so much for coming to hang thank out you. with me today. I had so much fun. I can't wait for this to come out. Um, also shameless plug. Bree is uh, doing a breakout room at the shattered glass symposium Woo-woo. on ADHD. So we're going to have a little neurodivergent room and we're going to talk about some things that we can do to, to how our brain works kind of exactly what we were talking about today with the structure, um, how we can do things differently to help ourselves put shit where you can see it. Cause otherwise it disappears, understanding time permanence, things like that. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. Uh, so come hang out with us August or October 17th, 18th. And the breakout rooms are on the 19th. Get your VIP ticket so you can be there for all of it. Bree. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate you. Thank you, Holly. Thanks for listening to that episode of She's a Powerhouse. If you loved this, whatever platform you're on right now, why don't you go down and hit that subscribe button if you're feeling super nice. You can leave us a review, leave us a comment, and share us with other badass women in your life. 